This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. That's life. That's what this show is all about. It's about the trials and tribulations and making it through every single day. It's about being the best you absolutely can be. It's about making this world a better place for you and for me. It's not about you. It's about the one who created you. And it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. You were created with a purpose that only you can fulfill. You were created to glorify him and glorify his kingdom. You were created with a job to do. That's life. My job is to tell you the impact that God had on my life once I let God take over. That is my story to tell. That's life. Good morning, my beloved listeners. It is Vince Russo. It is Monday morning. It is March 20th, 2023. And as you know, every Monday morning, the beginning of every week opens up with That's Life, not only for me, but for you as well, man, because we always need to get centered, man. And I like I like to begin that process every Monday center myself, ground myself, have a good, solid message that will feed me throughout the entire week, and I hope it will feed you as well. That's what That's Life is all about, man. And I'm going to talk today about something very important, man. I know that a lot of people deal with, and I know There are brand members dealing with it right now, and it's called depression. And I really need to discuss this today because I have to tell you, man, in my early 20s, nobody, nobody dealt with depression worse than I did. Nobody. I was 22 years old. All at once, I got married. I bought a I bought a uh, co-op. I started a new job. My new job was as a sales rep. I was always on the road. Um, I was not ready for all this at 22 years old, man. I had just graduated college. I was still a kid. And all of these major life choices took over my life at once, and I was not ready. 
I was absolutely depressed. I was in a dark place. And what did I do? I went to numerous, numerous doctors. And what did the doctors do? They they prescribed me little blue pills. And what did those little blue pills do? They made me feel like I was going crazy and out of my mind. So I stopped taking the little blue pills immediately. And I was like, Vince, you need to get a hold of this. And the truth is, it took me several years. It wasn't until the birth of my first son, Will, when I realized there is now another human being that is 100% depending on you. You need to get out of this funk. You need to get out of this state of mind. You have a child that you must take care of. And that was really my wake-up call. And I got out of it. And I got out of the funk. And quite frankly, I did it on my own. Now, you hear a lot today, bro. This was, what, 40 years ago, bro, that you really didn't hear about chemical imbalance and bipolar and all these other issues that may have caused depression. You know what, bro? I don't know if I suffered from any of those or not, but I am not a big believer in that. I really am not, man. I I am I am a huge believer of it's in here, bro. It's in here. It's the way you think. It's what you convince yourself of. It's it's looking at the glass half empty instead of half full. It's here, bro. It's the way you're processing what's happening in your life. And then all of a sudden, bro, you can't get out of your own head. And it becomes worse and worse and worse. And man, you can go medicate yourself and you may or may not uh, have, you know, really mental, physical issues. There's really no way you're telling that because whether medication is working or not, whether it's working or not, you, you'll start convincing yourself that it's working. And again, bro, this is where you really have to have strength. And I got to tell you, man, when I got out of my depression, I was not a Christian, bro. I did it all on my own, and I did not lean back and rely on God, bro. I did it on my own. Now... Being a Christian, it's a whole other uh, different way of looking at it. And I will get into that in a minute. Um, so I want to talk about that today. And and I just want to tell you, man, what, what I did was I got tired of being depressed. 
I got sick and tired of feeling depressed. I got sick and tired of feeling doom and gloom. I got sick and tired of feeling physically ill. I got sick and tired of not being able to get out of my own head. And the reality of it was there was a child in this world that was 100% dependent on me, and I had to kick my backside, bro, to get out of it. And here's where I always start, man. I got to tell you guys, and then, and then I'm going to get into some uh, biblical analysis as it deals with depression. But I'm telling you, bro, this is how I handle my depression pre-God. The first thing I did was I dug deep into my soul and I really examined my life and my circumstances. And I asked myself the question, what is the root of this depression? What is making me feel this way? What is not happening and going on right or correctly in my life? That's the first thing you have to do. And you know the answer to that. You know the answer to that because you're experiencing it. And like I said, man, you could say it's chemical imbalance. It's you. you yes, you can say that. If, if you want that to be the out, you can say that. And like I said, man, I am not a doctor. I just I don't believe in medication. I, I honestly really don't. And depression is one of those things that I really feel is, is a mental issue. So I got to the root of the problem. Why am I feeling depressed? Why don't I want to get out of bed every day? Why is everything so dark? And once I found the source of those problems, then I kicked into gear. Well, you have to eliminate these things from your life. You've got to realize what the source is and you've got to change that. And and again, bro, this is me doing it on my own. No medication, no counseling, just life slapping me across the face and making me understand, bro, you got to snap out of it, man. So I did a lot of soul searching and I dug deep within myself to really recognize the root of the problem. And once I realized what was at the basis of making me depressed, then I made the corrections in my life. I was not going to get drugged up. I was not going to get filled with drugs because, like I said, man, when I started taking their little blue pill, man, I couldn't even think anymore. I, I, I was almost like walking around in a cloud and in a daze. And no, bro, that wasn't the answer. The answer was within me. And I got to tell you something, bro. I'm going to say this now as a Christian. If you are depressed, if you are feeling like you are at the end of your rope, If it's always dark, 
if there is no hope, if there is no light at the end of the tunnel, if there is no promise, I'm telling you, bro, God is nowhere in your life. God is nowhere in your life. He can't be in your life because God is the light, bro. So if the Holy Spirit is alive and well inside of you, there is no darkness. You are in the light. So if you are feeling dark, that is a sign that God is nowhere near your life. Because I always go back to this. Real simple, bro. I tell you guys all the time when it comes to Christianity, a lot of it is logic. Did God take his precious time to create you so you could be miserable? Think think about that for a second. This is a very busy God. This is a God in control of everything. Everything. And God takes the time out to create you. So what do you think he's creating you for? To walk around in a state of depression? What 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 is God a jokester? I, I created you and now the joke's on you because I created you. I created you because my purpose was for you to be miserable. Do you know how ridiculous that is? So if you are one with God, you are not going to feel these feelings. If you feel hopeless, you are godless. Because living your life according to God's will is all about hope, bro. And it's all about hope and it's all about promise. And quite frankly, you don't have the time to be depressed. There is too much to do. I need to, I need to make it my full-time job to align with God and find out what his will and his purpose is for me. I don't have time to be depressed. It is such a massive waste of time. And again, I just want to be clear. I am not a PhD. I am not a doctor. I can only tell you my experience of attempting to go down that road And it went from bad to worse. You know, medication, a lot of times in a case like that, it's a Band-Aid, bro. It's not a fix. It's a Band-Aid. You know who fixes things, bro? God fixes things. That's who fixes things, bro. You feel depressed. You feel hopeless. You feel lost. You... Turn to God, bro. That is what he's there for. And you know what? God will give you that wake-up call. But I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, when, when you're feeling that way, God is nowhere near your life. Because if you really believe and understand that God is control, is in control, and he's got this, and he's got you, then you wouldn't worry about these things. 
and you wouldn't you wouldn't work yourself into this dark abyss dying this slow death wow that is that is absolute faithlessness in god absolute So I want to go through some of this today. Let's see how far we can get. We can pick this up next week. And again, this is what the Bible says about depression. This is by Jessica Brody. It's on the website, BibleStudyTools.com. And I'm going to read some of this, and I'm going to relate it back to me. This may be a two-part show because it's like this is very important. Listen to how this thing starts. It's like being in a hole you can't climb out of or a net that won't let you go free. Crying doesn't help and neither does rage. You've prayed with all your might, yet it's still there. For those who don't have it, depression can be hard to understand. A mood disorder with both mental and physical impacts Depression is different from typical feelings of sadness or grief. Some people describe it as a feeling like a series of weights have been placed upon their shoulders, dragging them lower and lower until they can barely crawl. Well, you know, again, that's where I want to interject. Some people describe it as a feeling like a series of weights have been placed upon their shoulders. Well, what are those weights? Define those weights. If you feel like weight has been put on your shoulders, what is that weight? Dragging them lower and lower until they can barely crawl. Others say it's a persistent, invading melancholy that won't go away no matter how good life seems to be. Still others feel numb, lethargic, like they're running on a battery that's slowly, methodically winding down to a bare hum of energy. And it affects so many of us. According to the American uh, Psychiatric Association, one in 15 adults experiences the chemical imbalance that is depression in any given year. With one in six experiencing it at some point in their life. So American Psychiatric Association, one in 15 adults experience the chemical imbalance that is depression. Bro, I'm not going to say I believe or agree agree with that. I'm just not. Because if the American Psychiatric Association says one in 15 adults experience the chemical imbalance that is depression, what does that mean, bro? That means you're going to have to go see a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist is going to make you well. You know what I'm telling you, bro? I'm telling you God is going to make you well. I'm I'm telling you that. And again, bro, this is all my opinion. I told you from the beginning, bro, with this show, I can only tell you my experiences. And that's what I'm sharing with you today. Christians who are taught to tackle life problems through prayer, faith, and other spiritual practices often wrestle especially hard with how to understand their battle with depression as it's not something that typically just goes away if you pray hard enough. So what does the Bible say about depression? 
Depression is a relatively new psychological term coined in the early 20th century as doctors began to learn more about it. But it's a disorder that has cropped up in ancient texts, including the Bible. A number of people throughout the Bible experience what appears to have been depression from Moses to King David. Still, the word depression doesn't appear in scripture as it is used today with the exception of Proverbs 12:25 which offers just a quick note among other snippets of wisdom. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. The Hebrew word for weighs down is shakak, shaka, which translates to bow down or depress. That's where the word depression comes from. Where does the Bible talk about depression? The Psalms are rife with depression. Most of the Psalms are thought to have been written by King David, who penned many of them during extremely low periods in his life. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed, he writes in Psalms 143.4. And then a few lines later, answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit, my spirit feel, fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. 143.7. Other references appear in Psalms 3.3, 3, 23, 35. 30, 11, 34, 18, 41 to 3, 42, 11, 77, 4, 120, 1 to 11. But it's not just the palms. In 1 Kings, when Elijah made King Ahab understand how much evil the ruler had done to the Lord, Ahab fasted, slept in mourning clothes, and walked around depressed. 1 King 21, 27. In 1 Samuel, King Saul was so depressed, he sank into fits of despair and rage. 1 Samuel 16, 20. And the entire book of of Lamentations is a poetic expression of the Hebrew deep, unabashed depression after the fall of Jerusalem with no hope or redemption to rescue. So this is now Bible characters who struggled with depression. And again, guys, keep in mind, man, we are human. We are all human beings. We are going to struggle with things like depression and anxiety and sadness. In addition to David and Saul, other biblical characters wrestle hard with depression and mood disorder. Moses had a dark wilderness period of his own several times over the course of his long life. God had taxed him with leading Israel out of Egypt and to the promised land, a job Moses did not want, yet God insisted. Again and again, he'd do as God told him, only to face opposition, complaint, and rejection from his people who were dissatisfied and scared. At one point after the people rallied against him in the desert, Moses cried to the Lord, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes 
and do not let me face my own ruin. That's Numbers 11, 14 to 15. The prophet Jeremiah rejected, mocked by his people, poverty-stricken and deeply lonely, struggled with depression throughout his days. At one of his lows, he cursed the day he'd been born, Jeremiah 2014. And a few breaths later cried out, why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? Judas, Iscariot, so overcome with guilt and pain over the wrong he did in betraying Jesus, hanged himself. Here are some others who struggled deeply with depression. So these, these are human beings. These are men from biblical days. These are examples of them dealing with depression. Even those that had God in their life. Job was despondent after he lost everything he held dear in what some might argue was a cruel test. He lost his seven sons and three daughters, his servants, his livestock, his wealth, and his physical health to the point that he was struck with painful, dreadfully itchy sores. From head to toe. After his friends have arrived to mourn, he became so depressed that he declared he'd wish he'd never been born. Job 3. Elijah, after he achieved huge success for the Lord against the prophets of Baal, sank into depression after he was forced to flee for his life into the desert beyond Beersheba. He even begged God to take his life. 1 Kings 19.4. Jonah, the reluctant prophet who ran from God's call before spending three days in the belly of a fish, became bitterly angry, depressed after his ordeal over God's decision to spare Nineveh, Jonah 4.11. How should Christians view depression? It's clear that depression isn't just a problem today, but one people struggle with hundreds of years before Christ. They may have called anything from melancholy to spirit possession, but it caused great suffering, despair, and in some cases, suicide. It was a real pressing problem, one that started wars and level leaders, and one that had no easy solution. Time after time, the Bible presents stories of depressed people crying out to God, begging for help, or for him to take the pain away. It's not identified as a sin, but an earthly hardship, perhaps more like oppression or even poverty, which Jesus himself said we will never, we will always have with us. Matthew 26, 11. So what does the Bible say about treating depression? With all the problems people face, there's one thing we're supposed to do with them. Bring them to God. Jesus acknowledged the weight of our troubles, whether physical or emotional, promising, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. Hope hope does lie in God, as the psalmist writes forty two eleven. It's important to understand that just because we put our hope and faith in God doesn't mean our problems will go away. Like cancer, diabetes, and other diseases, sometimes we have it the rest of our earthly life. The Apostle Paul struggled with what he called a thorn in the flesh, a physical ailment that caused him much torment. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He begged for God to take it away, but God told him no, that God's power was able to shine more brightly in Paul's weakness, 12, 9 to 10. As he wrote about the same time in his letter to the church in Philippi, Paul discovered what was for him the secret for contentment, focusing on the Lord and drawing our strength from him. Philippians 4, 10, 13. Man, you guys know my friend Stevie Richards has been going through a uh, really crippling infection. And uh, he just cut a video. uh, I think the video is called What Happened? He gets into a lot of this. So I, I am reading about people in the Bible from 2,000 years ago. Go watch Stevie Richards' video, and as a Christian man, Stevie will tell you how he relied on God literally six weeks ago. To his young friend and, and mentee, Timothy, whom Paul knew struggled with frequent illness, stomach issues, and other hardships, Paul offered some encouraging words. Flee from evil. Fight the good fight. Take hold of eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, 11, 12. As for whether or not to take medication for depression, the Bible does not address that specifically. But Jesus, in his life and ministry, made it clear that healing And seeking healing is a good thing. He also acknowledged that sick, that the sick need a doctor, Matthew 9, 12. And Paul, when he mentioned Timothy's chronic stomach ailments, didn't indicate he should suffer in his illness, but rather take measures to alleviate it. 1 Timothy 5, 23. Guys, you got to understand where I came from. I came from a wrestling world where doctors prescribed uh, medication for wrestlers to be able to sleep, to be able to no longer feel the pain. And I can't tell you how many instances that same medication caused the death of these people at a very early age. So I I am of the belief that if you can rely on God, if you can dig deep, if you can identify the problem, if you can do your best to correct the problem, 
relying on God, leaning on God, I would just try that route before I went down the medication route. That is me. I am not telling you to do that. That is me. I really, really feel strongly about mind over matter. I really do. That is that is me, guys. That's just my opinion. Sometimes depression lingers. Depression, like other diseases or disorders, might be something people can't always cure. Still, Christians can take comfort in knowing they're part of a suffering fellowship, not only today, but also among many other strong and faithful leaders throughout the Bible. And as with all hardships, setting sights on God and drawing strength from him in spite of the difficulty can be a big help. So I guess what I'm saying, bro, is God first, man. God first. Go to God first, bro. Go to God first. That's me. That is me, guys. And and you know, I still I still go there, man. I still get depressed. I still have my moments. I still have my weeks. But again, I always go to. I go to the logic. Did God put me here so I could de- be depressed? Is the joke on me? Is God a practical joker? No, the answer is no, bro. The answer is you're here because he gave you a job to do. And there are a lot of things in this world, bro, that are going to derail us from that job. That's why it's important to always, 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 always get centered. And I'm going to say, man, get God. Get God. I mean, guys, we, we listen, man, the, the medical field, doctors, experts, you just have to realize one thing. You got to take one thing into consideration. There's money to be made. Uh, you know, there, 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 there's money in medicine. You got to keep that in mind. So again, to me, I go to God first. Because I know everything happens in my life to bring me closer to God. Everything, bro. Everything. He's there, bro. He's always there. He's there for you. And like I said, for me, I go to God first. That's life, everybody, man. Hope you have a good week. Again, I ask God to talk through me. And God may be asking you to seek him first. That's it, everybody. I'll see you next week. That's life. That's what this show is all about. It's about the trials and tribulations and making it through every single day. It's about being the best you absolutely can be. It's about making this world a better place for you and for me. It's not about you. 
It's about the one who created you. And it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. You were created with a purpose that only you can fulfill. You were created to glorify him and glorify his kingdom. You were created with a job to do. That's life. My job is to tell you the impact that God had on my life once I let God take over. That is my story to tell. That's life.